The U.S. Federal Reserve has kept its key interest rate unchanged at the current 5 to 5.25 percent, pausing its aggressive rate hikes for the first time in 15 months. Fed Chair Jerome Powell, however, made clear that it is indeed a pause and not a full stop end to the hikes, saying there's more work to do to bring inflation down. For analysis on the U.S. Central Bank's latest decision and what this implies for the South Korean economy, we're joined by Professor Yang jun Sok at the Catholic University of Korea. Good morning, Professor Young. Good morning. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, many are calling this a hawkish pause. So can we first explain to our listeners what's behind the U.S. Fed's dovish action but hawkish pause? Well, it is a pause because the Fed has stopped increasing the interest rate for the first time in 10 meetings. That's since March 2022. And uh, that uh, continual increase in interest rates included four straight giant steps of 75 percentage points. Uh, And uh, before the pandemic, uh, there were only one time that the uh, Fed raised the interest rate by 75 basis points. So uh, raising the uh, rates by so much in such small period of time was, in a sense, very huge. Uh, But then the uh, latest dot chart, that's where each member of the Fed's FOMC points out where the member believes the rates will be at the end of the year, show that the majority of FOMC members believe that there will be a further increase of 50 basis points by the end of the year. And the analysts are interpreting that dot chart as meaning that there's likely to be two more rate increases of 25 basis points each during the second half of the year. Uh, So uh, they have signaled that they will continue to raise rates probably, uh, but for now they paused. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, uh, the big question then is why did the Fed not raise the rates if they're so hawkish? First is that there has been deflation in the last a few months. Uh, Inflation rate has been falling using the uh, consumer price index. The uh, 12-month inflation uh, for uh, May uh, 2022 was only 4.0%. Now, less than a year ago, it was at a high of 9.1%. So uh, the uh, inflation has been coming down very quickly and significantly, but it's still not at where the uh, Fed wants it. Their target rate is 2%. Uh, But if we just take the uh, inflation rates for the month of May, just the one month inflation rate, uh, the uh, rate of increase is only 0.1%. If we annualize this, it's significantly less than 2%. Uh, And then if you take the uh, producer's price index for May, it was 1.1% over 12 months and minus 0.3% for the uh, month of May. So if you look at the inflation rate, there's really not that much of a justification for raising the rates at this time. Mm -hmm. And then second, monetary policy usually takes time to make itself felt in the real economy. Uh, And because uh, we've been raising the rates uh, continually, I think people have forgotten that we've the uh, United States Fed has been raising the rates only since the March of last year. Uh, but the, uh, as I said, the pace and the size of the uh, rise in interest rates have been unprecedented, uh, 4.75 
percentage points in about 15 months. And economists believe that it takes at least three to six months for the increases in interest rates to make itself felt in the real economy. So a lot of the punch behind the monetary policy should not have worked through the economy yet. So the Fed has always indicated that they will wait and see uh, come June uh, what will happen, uh, whether the uh, past interest rates will be enough. And then the third reason why they've uh, sort of held down on the uh, raising the interest rates this month is pro- uh, the uh, failure of Silicon Valley Bank. Mm-hmm. It, the, uh, Sil- while the Silicon Valley Bank's problem uh, was caused most, like, mostly by bad, uh, bad uh, risk management system, a uh, rapid decline in government bond prices due to rapid increases in interest rates did play a significant part as well, and that has caused some nervousness in the U.S. financial system. So the uh, Fed may be being cautious and not raising the rates for this particular month. Mm -hmm. But the Fed is still basically hawkish. Uh, If you look at the core inflation, if you strip out the volatile energy and food components, then the uh, core inflation is actually higher than headline inflation. The core inflation for 12 months was 5.3%, and core inflation for just the month of May was 0.4%. This basically shows that the inflation still has momentum. Uh, so, And if you look at inflation by sector, uh, the uh, inflation for the services are still very high, and that... Uh, Right. If you look at the numbers, it seems that uh, the uh, high increase from services, high increases in services prices have been sort of neutralized mm. by fall in energy prices. Mm. So it's not that inflation is falling across the board. The inflation for services are still very strong, but it has been sort of undone by the increase or decreases in energy prices uh, for the month of May. Uh, and the higher services prices are usually driven by higher labor prices and U.S. labor market, even though we have a lot of mixed evidence, uh, still basically is very, very hot. Um, for example, uh, uh, last month, the uh, number of non-manufacturing jobs increased by 330,000. Hmm. That was about uh, 40,000 large, higher than expected. So... The uh, Fed seems to be keeping their options open. Uh, if if the inflation remains strong, if the services inflation uh, uh, remains hot, if the uh, labor market uh, remains too hot for the second half of the year, they've given themselves an option mm. to raise the rates twice. Uh, but if inflation continues to fall, if the uh, services inflation falls, uh, if uh, the uh, job market becomes more cooler, uh, then I think they've also given their, themselves an option not to raise the rates. Before the time being, anyhow, the U.S. Fed rate freeze is largely providing a breathing room for Bank of Korea. But economists say the BOK will be faced with tough decisions to make later this year. Uh, Based on your expertise, Professor Young, what's expected from the BOK's next rate setting meeting uh, set for next month? And how do you project the central bank's future rate decision trend? It would again require South Korea to take its cues from the United States Fed. Uh, in some sense, okay. but for Korea, 
the inflation has been consistently lowered in the United States. Um, now, that's partially because Korea and U.S. during the pandemic has been both hit with a supply-side shock, reduction in supply due to the pandemic. Um, and then uh, during uh, when the uh, war in Ukraine started, higher prices for oil and food. Uh, but the U.S. inflation has been consistently been higher than the United States for basically two reasons. First is that U.S. also had a, a really large supply shock, uh, not only a supply shock, but a demand shock as well. Uh, recent papers show that uh, because of the large unemployment benefits that the United States uh, gave its uh, workers during the pandemic, also because of the uh, large government expenditure that the uh, U.S. made during the pandemic, uh, there was a large increase in demand coupled with the uh, su- uh, low supply from the pandemic, and that drove prices much higher in the United States than in Korea. Korea only had a supply shock, so Korea significantly had uh, lower inflation than the United States, though it was still higher than what the Bank of Korea would like. Uh, Korean uh, consumer price Price index inflation for May was 3.3% over 12 months and 3.9% for the uh, core inflation. Uh, Monthly inflation uh, was higher than the United States at 0.3%, but that was uh, in large part due to increases in price of electricity and gas, which is actually delayed from last year. So you can think of that as a delayed inflation rather than current Uh inflation. And then while the uh, Korean labor market has been very good in May, there's multiple signs that the Korean economy is slowing down due largely to decline in exports. So in terms of real economy, there's no real reason for Korea to continue to raise rates. Uh, But uh, it's the problem here, the weakness here is uh, the exchange rates for the Korean won and the international capital markets. now, if the uh, current interest rate remains where it is while the United States continues to raise their rates, uh, then we may see some instabilities there. And Bank of Korea uh, may have to raise the rates to, uh, to forestall any problems in the international capital markets and the currency markets. But as long as the currency markets are stable, and they are stable right now, um, and if the inflation rates continue to fall, then Bank of Korea is probably not going to raise the rates. They're going to keep the rates as is as long as possible. Uh, Some experts are projecting that the Korea-U.S. rate gap could widen to as much as 2.25 percentage points by the end of this year. What does such a record high rate gap mean to the $1 exchange rate and, of course, market volatility? Okay, well, the uh, problem is that the uh, investments in the United States are typically thought of as uh, safer than uh, investment in the uh, in Korea, so that means that Korea usually has to maintain a higher rate of returns, higher interest rates than the United States. Currently, the upper range of U.S. interest rate is 5.25 percent. The uh, Korean uh, uh, interest rate is 3.5 percent, so Korean rate is actually lower. This is the interest rate reversal, and the gap is currently the largest in Korean history at 1.75 percentage points. Now, if the uh, U.S. does go through with the uh, increases that uh, they've signaled in the dot chart, uh, but Korea does not raise the interest rates, uh, then that uh, rate gap will uh, grow to 2.25%. Problem is, the larger the gap, 
the more the probability, and I want to emphasize that this is a possibility, it may not come true, but the uh, increase in probability is there that we will have a rapid capital outflow, we will have a rapid depreciation of the one causing chaos in the currency and capital market uh, markets. We had a sort of a flavor of this last year around October when the yuan was losing uh, value by multiple yuan, uh, even in the double digits in one single day. Uh, we really don't want a repeat of that situation or have a situation get worse than that. Uh, but the probability of that or possibility of that gets higher as the interest rate gap increases. Mm-hmm. But as I said, right now, the currency market is stable. The yuan is actually gaining value right now. Um, the international capital markets uh, seen in the long term, the uh, Korea is experiencing a capital market outflow that is infl- investment is going out of Korea, uh, but it's slow enough so that Korean economy uh, can adjust to it. Uh, so um, unless the uh, capital outflow and the uh, currency markets uh, become unstable. Uh, there's uh, no reason, I think, that the uh, Bank of Korea would want to uh, raise the rates. Uh, but since the uh, inflation is still higher than where the uh, Bank of Korea would like, they have no real reason to lower the rates at this current time either. So they're going to hold the rates there at a current rate uh, as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Again, as long as the uh, currency market and the international capital flows are stable. Uh, the latest U.S. consumer price index also dropped to the lowest in two years, but core inflation, excluding volatile prices of, as you said, food and energy, was still up over 5% on year. Are we clearly seeing signs of accelerating disinflation in the U.S.? And what about here in Korea, Dr. Young? Okay, well, for the United States, uh, it seems like... Well, the overall pattern for headline inflation, that is including everything, uh, does seem to be uh, having some disinflation. But if we look at sort of the uh, numbers, uh, I mentioned core inflation here, uh, also sort of numbers by sectors, industries, uh, then it becomes less clear how strong this disinflation is. The uh, biggest uh, driver for U.S. inflation in the month of May was services, as I mentioned, services price inflation is still very strong. That's driven mostly by shelter prices, prices of housing. But the interesting thing about uh, how the U.S. calculates shelter prices is that it's sort of an average of uh, the uh, rents that the uh, current uh, uh, borrowers, the uh, renters, are paying. So it includes not only the uh, new uh, shelter contracts, housing contracts, which are fairly, where the rents are fairly low, but it also includes older contracts made during the time when the rents were sky high. And shelter prices do seem to be lowering, but at a much slower pace than uh, what the uh, Fed or the uh, U.S. public would like. Uh, So core inflation is still very high, but uh, as I mentioned this time, the high core inflation seems to be have been sort of offset by falling uh, energy prices. So the actual momentum for inflation is probably stronger than what the headline inflation would indicate. For Korea, it's roughly the same. Um, the uh, Korean uh, core inflation is higher, uh, but a slight difference is that the uh, Korean inflation higher core inflation, the momentum seems to be driven by 
um, personal services. Um, just up to a couple of years ago, the higher services inflation was driven by prices for eating out. Uh, but the prices for uh, eating out is stabilizing, and the price inflation for personal services are uh, stabilizing as well, though it's still higher than where the bank Korea would be. So in that sense, Korea may be further along the uh, disinflation path yeah. than the United States. Thank you very much, Dr. Young, for today's insights. We'll speak to you again next week. Thank you. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.